What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. How are we doing on this fine Thursday afternoon? I hope you're having yourself a wonderful week. And you are just fucking up this summer. Like fucking it up in a good way. Where it's like summer's your bitch. You know what I mean? But like it's consensual. You know, because we're not throwing out those kind of vibes. Not on this podcast, goddammit. But summer is like someone who's like, you're in a nice relationship with summer. Right? You treat summer the way summer wants to be treated and the way summer deserves and then at night or during the day some afternoon delight's a wonderful thing you know too many people and i've talked about this they have sex at night and they're exhausted they are very tired you know and so they're just like there's only one or two positions that my body can handle at this time of the evening uh but i love you so we're gonna do it no every now and then you gotta bang it out at one o'clock okay we're talking two in the afternoon right we're fully grown adults sometimes you get that you're feeling good. You got your pink st- peak strength at that time. You know what I mean? I don't like working out at 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. No, I don't. You know what I mean, I want to watch some reruns and go to sleep. So sometimes you got to do it in the morning. You got to do it in the afternoon. Right. But think about summer this way. Right. You're, you're treating summer right. But then when the lights go off, summer is like you do whatever the fuck you need to do. You know, and then that's what you do because summer wants it that way. Summer wants you in control. So never forget that. OK, it's consensual. And there's safe words, but sometimes you got to shove the back of Summer's head into a pillow. Tell Summer to get them hips up a little bit. (laughs) The fuck am I saying? All right. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I really hope people are checking this podcast out for the very first time. What an introduction to the mind of stand-up comedian Joe Kilgallen. You're like, you know what? The Joe Kilgallen podcast. I'm going to check this guy out. Why not? I'm looking for a new podcast. I see it's only 30 minutes long. I'm going to give it a click. And then you hear this psycho in his late 30s talking about having sexual relations with one of earth's seasons weird weird but welcome to the weird show all right um a couple things i always like to start off every podcast with some gratitude so big shout out to all the patreon subscribers you guys are phenomenal human beings i love you all very very much um you'll get you getting a bonus episode tomorrow it should drop possibly over the weekend most likely tomorrow i'm going to a wedding this weekend though so I'm, I'm 90, I'm going to, it's going to get dropped tomorrow. So we'll be all good there. Anyhow. Um, and I threw a couple stand-up sets on there. So if you are out there who are wondering like, Oh, what else is on this Patreon? Well, we have bonus episodes about one every seven to 10 days. And then I will throw up some stand-up sets. I'm given full unedited sets that I've recently done at different comedy clubs around. So it's, I think people are kind of digging that because you see the process. I'm in a mode of trying to create new stuff. Um, as far as, uh, my special goes, a lot of you have been following the podcast for a while. Know that I filmed the comedy special in New York back in October. So it's been quite a process. Um, things get in the way and blah, blah, blah. You don't care about that. You want to know, Joe, when's it coming out? Well, I don't have a date, but I know it's going to be on YouTube. Now I've decided to just go for YouTube. And the main reason is there's a writer's strike going on right now. And I'm not in the WGA. I'm not in the Writers Guild of America. I should be, but I'm not. And uh, But I am in the Screen Actors Guild. I'm in SAG. SAG is now striking as well. That just was announced this morning or late last night that my union is striking uh, for a better deal and in, with solidarity with our writers. The writers are massively important. I actually, a lot of you might not know this about me. I wanted to be a writer before stand-up because I would watch funny comedy movies and TV shows and think, I remember someone being like, that guy's hilarious. I'm like, that guy. Yeah, he's funny. 
but who wrote the words that that actor is saying? I want to be the person who writes the words. I wanted to see written by my name, uh, which I've seen on my comedy, my stand-up that I've put out, uh, my albums and all that kind of stuff. I have not published anything as far as a script or screenplay has yet. Yet. I'll throw that out there. But the writers are on strike, and for good reason. For those of you who don't know, it's uh, some people might be thinking it's a greed thing. It's not greed. The industry changes constantly. Uh, the world changes constantly. And with streaming being a new thing, pr- I mean, pretty new to the last, let's say, 10 years. I'll actually remember going to L.A. in 2011 or 2012 and staying at a friend's apartment and him showing me Netflix when it became like an app. You know what I mean? And I was like, what the fuck is it? I could just scroll through this and click on it and the program will play. I thought you just sent away for the DVDs. Like, no, this is called streaming. Now you could stream Netflix. And so you could stream all the movies in Netflix's library. And I was like, this is awesome. I could watch the Wonder Years. I could watch like Growing Pains. I could watch the, at the time they had a lot of old nostalgic sitcoms. They didn't, weren't doing their own content yet. But I'm like, oh, I could watch Roadhouse. Fuck yeah, this is this is going to be the greatest thing that's ever been invented. And I loved it. And I, I still love a lot of these streaming platforms. But I do understand from the creative standpoint that there is money there being made and it's not being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not being um, distributed correctly or fairly. Really, the word's fairly. Uh, There's all sorts of deals with like, you know, if you write an episode of a sitcom, right, a half an hour episode. Now, I think it's changed since then, but you get your weekly rate as a writer. But when you get writing credit for an episode, say you wrote the fifth episode of season two of some sitcom, you'll get an additional pay for being the sole writer written by your name. So I think it's like a almost $20,000 bump, which is great money. Don't get me wrong. It's like you got 20,000 for one episode. Then you get the residuals of that episode, but you have to understand how much money these shows are making for the networks and the commercials and what it costs to advertise on the shows. So it's not like these, these studios are all making insane money. And now streaming's coming through and it's a new thing. And there's, it's almost like when athletes go on strike in their sports and the biggest problem is the owners won't open the books. I think the same thing's happening with the studios because the studios are trying to make it seem like they're being selfish and insane. There's no way we could meet their new demands. We're barely making money off of this as it is. And the writers are all like, yeah, bullshit. Okay, really? Because all you guys talk about is how you're going to do more and more streaming. Did you guys all of a sudden forget how to make money? You're the studios. That's what you do is make money. And we know that you're making money off of our labor and you've made more. Like we, you know, like Bob Iger is the CEO of Disney. He makes $27 million a year from Disney. And that is not counting bonuses or the stock options or anything like that. And all the other perks. I'm sure he does a good job. I mean, I think what his job as CEO is to be like, yeah, let's green like that movie. Let's green like this. Let's do some of that. So yeah, you have to have a skill to that. And I'm sure he worked hard to get there. Not taking anything away from him there. But when you think about it, the average person, if I said, you know, who Bob Iger is, they'd be like, no, you know what I mean? And, and I'm like, oh, he's a big deal at Disney. Oh, does he write the movies? Does he anime? Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's a whole, like, I mean, it is, it's an industry. And so, yeah, he'll say, go ahead and make that movie. He'll come up with the financing and all that kind of stuff, which is instrumental. I'm not taken away from that. But at the end of the day, the content creators are what drives the eyeballs to their product. So it benefits everybody when everyone gets along and everybody uh, gets their fair share of that pie. I mean, I don't even think I have yet to see anything from the writer's side of stuff. And now my union SAG is getting involved. That makes me think yeah, that's a little greedy there. At the end of the day, if they would just open the books up a little bit more, then we would see what's fair and what's not fair. 
Um, Because if they're really losing money, it's like, why do you guys keep pushing this then? If streaming was losing money, why is it every few weeks I feel like a new streaming service is starting out? It doesn't really make sense to me. Um, And then some of them are being smart about like Amazon's doing a really smart thing right now where they're creating their own content. You know, they join that party that Netflix and Apple and, you know, a million Hulu and a million others are part of as far as streaming services go. And they are doing another thing called Freebie. So they'll put out a show. They got this really good show called Jack Reacher. It's only one season in, but I loved it. It was awesome. And uh, they're putting Jack Reacher on Freebie, which is free. It's ad supported though. So it's like you're watching a show and you'll get some commercials here or there in effort to try to hook them onto paying for the thing where they don't get the commercials. So they're getting two revenue streams doing that. I don't know what these other companies are doing. I got to imagine they're seeing the mistakes Netflix made because Netflix was the first one to break through and they're massive. And I mean, they got the whole Netflix and chill. That brand is so, I know they lose a lot of money, or at least they've said they've lost a lot of money. They go, we're operating on a loss because of this, this, and this, but they know what they're doing. It's far, it goes by stock. It's fucking stock. Netflix is a massive brand name. If Netflix decides we want to sell tomorrow, they'll even with their hundreds of millions of dollars of annual loss, they'll still sell for what? $15 billion. Shit, if Elon Musk will buy Twitter for $44 billion, they'll find someone to get them at half of that. I'm not bullshitting either. It is that big of a brand name, and that's what a lot of these people in these massive acquisitions see. They go, it's too big a brand name. Facebook would buy them. Shit, they're probably buying everything else. All right, so that's why I'm probably just going to throw the special on YouTube. So I'm, I've, I've got a phone call I'm taking tomorrow, a little meeting, and if that's going to be like the last uh, hurdle because maybe they'll talk me out of it. Um, of putting it just on YouTube and still trying to sell it to a platform. Here's the thing. I'm not going to cross picket lines. I'm not, you know what I mean? Even though there are some people are saying, well, technically it's not because it's a live performance. So it's not really writing or acting. I don't want to sneak things through on technicalities and be looked down upon. It's a bad look, right? It's a bad look. Um, and these are a lot of really close friends of mine. And look, it's my union too. I'm in SAG and a lot of close friends of mine are in the writer's guild. So I don't want to be that guy. And it's easy to just put it on YouTube and be like, boom, there it is. Here's the links. Fucking check it out. Watch it. Share with your friends. I hope you dig it. And, and that whole scenario. You know, it would be nice to be able to say, oh, some major platform just paid me a fuckload of money. That'd be great too. But I don't know. I don't know how long this thing's going to last. It's it's going to be quite the thing. And I'd rather just get it out there. That's what I'm more, most proud of is just being like, here you go, everyone. Here's the thing I worked on nine months ago. Check it out. Hope you enjoy it. Let's move on to the next thing. That type of deal. And as far as this podcast goes, let's move on to the next thing. I had a good drunk conversation last night, uh, or not last night, but earlier this week with some friends. And it's like, all right, dude, you get to be any animal. You get to come back. Reincarnation is real, but you only get to come back as an animal, which would make sense as far as reincarnation goes. Because, you know, so I know I've heard people be like, oh, I really believe in reincarnation. I believe we come back as something else. And I'm like, yeah, but if you can't remember what you used to be, it's stupid. It really, it sucks because you don't know what you were before. The hope with reincarnation is that you would know what you were before. But if anyone was running around right now telling you, hey, I played third base for the Yankees in the 20s in my past life, you'd be like, you're fucking insane. You're a crazy person. I know someone's talked about this before, but it, it is hilarious that nobody, I don't know if this is some comedian or some talk show host made this point. Nobody ever talks about how in a past life they're a piece of shit. 
when it comes to reincarnation. Nobody does that. Everyone is always like, in my past life, I was a general in a war in the 1600s, or I was a famous debutante, or I was the queen of this, or, you know, I was Cleopatra, some crazy shit where it's like, okay, I would like one person to be like, dude, in my past life, I licked anus, man, and I got arrested for it because it was for people that wasn't allowed. I was a real creep bag. I was the Jared from Subway of my time. I was disgusting. I was a piece of shit. And thank God I'm a normal person now because I, I would have been reincarnated as another fucking creep bag. Whew, I must. That's just my lot in life, apparently. Um, <laughs> that's a weird thing to make up. But so the question was, if you could be any animal, what animal could you be? I thought long and hard about this. There's some good ones out there. I'm a big fan of penguins. I love penguins. They're very huggable, but um, it's very cold. And even though their bodies are used to it and all that, I'd still be a little bit like, it's, it's chilly, right? I, also, I don't think they have fun sex, these penguins. I'm not even sure they have sex. I think someone lays an egg and then someone rubs their butt on it. I, I don't really know how penguins make new penguins. So there's that. And also, I'd be annoyed to be like, am, am I a bird? I've heard someone call me a bird, but I can't fly, right? I could do these cool little flappy things. Um, so I love penguins. I want to hug one one day like a good size one, not like the little baby ones, but that'd be fun too. But as far as being reincarnated as a penguin, no, thank you. So here's the animal I chose. I went with a bear, right? Uh, not just because the Chicago bears and Chicago Cubs connection, although that helps. But I thought, I'm like, if you're going to be any animal, you want to be big and intimidating. You don't want to be something that you're worried about. You know, there's some great animals out there, but they spend half their life worrying about being eaten by other animals. Like you'd want to be a gazelle. Yeah, I'm fast as fuck. But, you know, what, say one day I'm just like bored and I'm thinking about something else and I'm just drinking some water out of the stream and being like, oh, you know, what? I haven't seen it in a long time. And then all of a sudden you look you're like a fucking cheetah shit. And then the cheetah is just ripping out your insides. And the whole time you're thinking, oh, because I thought about Mike. I thought about Mike for one moment. And now here a cheetah is ripping my rib cage apart. And who would want that? So, no, I say no to anything that gets preyed on. That's why a bear is perfect. Very few things have the balls to fuck with a bear, right? Also, they get to sleep like half the year. That hibernation thing sounds fantastic. There are times where I'm like, I'd like to hibernate for the next few weeks. Could I do that? No, not allowed to because that'd be called depression. When a bear does it, though, it's just their natural life cycle. When I do it, clearly I need mental help. I, I don't care for any of this garbage. <sighs> it's depressing, but not the sleeping part. That sounds great. So that's where there's else you got big fuck around claws. You, you stand, some of them stand like 10 feet tall. You know what I mean? These are big motherfuckers, but they also look fluffy. You know what I mean? Also, I've never seen a bear have sex, but I got to imagine it's pretty great. You know, um, that's another thing too. As a man, you think automatically I want to be reincarnated as another man. But then I think about the sexual side of things and it'd be nice not to have to do any work. And my next life, it'd be nice if I wasn't the one whose forearms were getting hurt because I'm putting too much weight on them. You guys could imagine that visual. So maybe in my next life, I come back as the person who gets to just lie there. I'd be okay with that, right? Because my brain would be designed to be like, this is awesome. It wouldn't be my old brain being like, this is weird. You know what I mean? I don't like this at all. But my new brain and my new animal body would be like digging this digging this i'm gonna i'm gonna let this ride out literally let it ride and then i'm gonna go get some berries i'm gonna go or maybe i maybe i'll get a salmon out of the stream because that's awesome that's ne that's never boring you know so that, that i think bear is my answer there of what animal i would like to be if i were reincarnated the answer is bear 
There's a TV show on Hulu right now called The Bear. I don't know why it's called that yet. I think they want to name their restaurant The Bear or something like that. I don't know. Look, I I was slow to like season one of The Bear. Everyone's like, really, Joe? It's an Italian beef show. You love eating Italian beef. It's Chicago as hell. You love Chicago. How are you not all over The Bear? Look, I ended up liking it. I ended up being like season one was a good watch. I enjoyed it. I couldn't get past the first couple episodes, though. It took me a, a while. Like, I watched them, and I remember being like, this show is not for me. Why is everyone talking about this show like it's groundbreaking? Look, I've been to 100 Italian beef places in the city of Chicago. And any true Chicagoan, you don't even call it an Italian beef restaurant. You don't call it an Italian beef place. You call it a joint. I've been to hundreds, maybe not literally, but I've been to a fuckload of Italian beef joints throughout Chicago and the surrounding suburbs. And I'll tell you what, they would never act that way. They're acting this way every day in front of customers where it's like, Chef, I told you, I need that beef fucking dipped. Where's the goddamn jardinera? Are you nuts? You fucking piece of shit. This bread isn't fresh. God damn it. Like they're losing their minds. And it's like you're making sandwiches. That's not, none of them would give a fuck about making a customer wait. I feel like I talked about this before. Did I? If I did, I'm sorry. But it just drives me nuts. I was talking about this again with some friends. Because like, dude, you got to see season two. I watched the first episode of season two. It was fine. They're setting stuff up. But I don't. You know, I'm sure the rest of the season's great because it has to be good. There's just way too many people that um, I like who are telling me, dude, it's awesome. But then it's just like, I can't get over the fact that it's, they should have started off as a regular restaurant. I talked to one of the bartenders at the Laugh Factory and she was like, it is so accurate to working in a restaurant. And I was like, I've worked in a restaurant too. And yeah, I worked at a steakhouse, a Longhorn Steakhouse, and there was some yelling in that kitchen. But, and one time it got, one, one guy almost got physical with another guy. Though that was actually quite comical, but um, it was it was actually really hilarious. Now that I'm thinking about it, because he was really big and the other guy was small, but the small dude was like, "What? Do something!" And the big guy was just like, "Oh, I can't win here because I'm so fucking huge. If I punch you in the face, I'll knock you unconscious." And now I'm just a big guy who beat the fuck out of a little guy. And so then he, um, I think he threw a head of lettuce across the room or something like that, and it just made me laugh because I remember in the moment being like, "We just use that for garnish. No one really gives a fuck, right?" It's like. If we told that like, our customers were out of lettuce, nobody at our steakhouse would have been like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, it wouldn't be like that. But that's why I'm mad they chose Italian beef. I think the writer lived in Chicago, liked Italian beef places. He probably worked in the restaurant industry, but in the actual restaurant industry where people do get insanely intense. And uh, and that was that. And then he tried to marry the two. But I think lifelong Chicagoans are like, dude, every Italian beef place I've been to is very, very chill. All right, apologies to the listeners if I've talked about that one before. It feels like I might have. All right, let's slide into this. Actor Jonah Hill has been talked about a lot lately. He uh, he didn't do anything, but an ex-girlfriend of his, I don't know why he got in the news again, but an ex-girlfriend, maybe someone was talking about him for something, and then because of that, th- this ex-girlfriend of his came out saying that she showed some texts where the texts were basically him being like, Look, I don't like these Instagram photos of you anymore. Um, you know, I don't like the, you know, you're showing off your body too much. You're, you know, hanging around with dudes. You're with your surfer buddies who are shirtless or something. I'm paraphrasing a lot of this. Okay, everyone. And um, look, these are just my boundaries. And if and if that's not cool with you, then okay, well, we have to move on. So everyone, so there's an argument. There's a lot of people being like, hey, he doesn't like it. He said he didn't like it. If she doesn't, if she's like, fuck you, then she can move on. There wasn't, what's the big deal? And then a lot of people are like, well, he's using boundaries, but they're really his rules. They're not his boundaries. 
And then I'm like, all right, we might be getting into semantics there a little bit. Then people started changing the conversation to completely like how insecure is this guy and all that. And I'm like, all right, well, look, that's fair. Because people are like, when you met her, she was posting all these photos and that's what drew him to her. But now that they're together, he doesn't like it. So that's controlling. That's this, that's that. Yeah, I could see all that, right? But in the same regard, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone being like, hey, I know we've been dating for a while, but I just, it drives me nuts and I'm uncomfortable with all of it. I would like you to stop, but I also totally respect if you don't want to. I totally respect if you come back at me and say, hey, look, this is what you knew. This was me when we started dating and I'm not going to change this part of myself. I'm sorry. I guess this isn't going to work out. And then that's fine. That's fine. That like, maybe he didn't say it quite like that though. He should have said it the way I said it. I guess that's the thing. Jonah Hill, if you need help with uh, giving speeches or explaining yourself better, hit up uh, old Joseph Kilgallen over here and I'll help you out. But like, I think that's fine. But there's always going to be a segment of people that I've seen on the internet who make it seem like, no, you have to be with me. You know, like I think she was doing this for clocks. Why is she sharing this shit out of nowhere? Uh, that's what it seems like to me. Cause otherwise what was her angle here to try to be like, Jonah's a bad guy. I'm like, you're with someone else now. You've, I think someone says she has a kid with this guy now. So it's like, why would you care what Jonah Hill's up to? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me in regards to that. So let's see here. Let's actually do a little homework and see what all the kerfuffle is. Cause I want to get the exact thing. Well, I think I started when people talked about how, uh, Jay Barachal, I think his name is. He's pretty good. I like that guy and some stuff. Um, gotten this. What is it? All right, here's something from Vogue. Let's call Jonah Hill's alleged text messages what they are misogynistic. I don't know if they are. Maybe I have to really read into that. Um, yeah, bound, can I just show me the fucking? Po- Why did the internet get so difficult? Remember when it was easy? You would Google and it would show up and you were like, great. Now I know what the fuck I'm looking for. <sighs> All right. I'm sorry, everyone. This made for a bad podcasting right here. Oh my God, dude. Eat my butt, you fucking computer. You should be so easy. Now they make it hard. Make it so difficult. Right. Text. That's what Jonah Hill text. Well, show me the exact text. You know, the shit everyone's been talking about, but then they make you click an article and then you have to search through the article for the text. Instead of Google, Google needs to just do its own shit where it's like, here's clearly what you want. And this is the thing. All right, let's see. Full transcript, text messages. Scrolling, scrolling, not seeing it. This is from, okay, it's from October 12th, 2021. So it's almost two fucking years ago. And now I have to block ads. Oh, fucking killing me with this shit. Some of you listening are like, hey, Joe. Why don't you just do a little prep work before you hit record on your podcast? That way, when you start to talk about a subject, you have this shit on the ready. Well, you're right. I can't even argue against you. Okay. Please stop it. Show me the fucking thing. Oh, my God. All right. Well, Newsweek is a cunt fucking website. That's it is. I just want the exact fucking quote so I could fucking talk about this intelligently. Remember Superbad? That was a good movie. I just saw a fucking picture for Superbad. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Okay, whatever. For, fuck it. I'm sorry, everybody. Can't find it. The internet won't let me fucking have it. It's Jonah Hill and the Illuminati, and he was able to get all this shit just taken down. 
I mean, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it on Twitter. I bet. See, you know what? You know, Elon, your Twitter is not dead yet. If you show me this, if I find this fairly quickly on Twitter, um, then I'm gonna fucking stay on Twitter as long as possible. Okay. All right, here we go. It's from, yeah, it's from December 2021. He wrote, plain and simple. All right, Twitter, you're, you're winning. Right? I probably could have found this on threads too, which I'm actually enjoying more. Uh, plain and simple. If you need surfing with men, um, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men, to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendship with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful, I'm not the right partner for you. If these things bring you a place of happiness, I support it. And there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for a romantic relationship. My boundaries are based on the ways, um, on the way these actions have hurt or our trust. Like, I don't fucking know. It seems, I can see where that language could be a little bit like change or I'm leaving you. But in the same regard, then fucking leave them. I don't, that's what I don't get. There's a hang up. And I'm seeing comments from some people where they make it seem like, no, she should say, no, I get to do all these things and you still have to stay with me. No, you're clearly not right for each other then. Okay. It's that simple. Fucking move on. I didn't want him to talk about his this that long. Fuck Jonah Hill. Tubby bastard. Um, <laughs> I actually like some of his movies, but I know a friend who worked with him and it was on an episode of this podcast, like a hundred episodes ago. Um, and maybe if you guys look on YouTube, go to YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, real easy for you. Just type in Joe Kilgallen podcast, Jonah Hill. Um, and then it'll pop up. There'll be the conversation with um, a comedian friend of mine who worked with him for a good couple months. Even he was on a TV show with him and said that, you know, he told a story about him where it was like, yeah, it was kind of a dick. So I'm not here to stick up for Jonah Hill, but I will close the podcast and saying this and I get it. We, there's always going to be a chunk of us that, and, and that's, forget that one. That's a bad example, but there's always something with a celebrity where you, you hear about it and you're kind of like, can we leak? Does everyone have to, we have to know everything about everyone's personal life. Cause I was a fan of that guy, right? There's always something about that. Like I was watching um, some Leonardo DiCaprio movie recently and I'm like, man, this guy's a fucking awesome actor. And then someone's like, oh yeah, but he's got that weird thing where he bangs only 25 year olds or something. And he's getting older. And every time his girlfriend hits 25, like he dumps them, he'll start dating him at 23, 24. They had 25 hit the bricks. Right. So I'm like, okay. So what I can't enjoy his movies now. And they're like, no, I'm not saying I, I get that. But like, unless you are a fucking real criminal, I'm talking murderer, rapist, child molester, all that shit. I could turn my head on a lot of things. Now that's bad toxic behavior in a lot of ways. And there's other bad behavior. I guess I could turn my head on a lot of other stuff, but I feel like what's broken so many people's hearts over the last decade of this even more extreme, I'm calling it the age of extreme information. Cause remember at first when the internet started with AOL, it's like, we're going into the information superhighway or whatever the hell is going to be the age of information. And we're going to have the whole world at our fingertips and have all this knowledge. And we don't use it for that. Unfortunately, I wish we did. And, uh, so, so yeah, it's like, I think this is branched off from what it originally was. It's now the age of extreme information where we know so much about everybody. That's why I think guys like Killian Murphy are smart. They're celebrities where they're like, yeah, I don't do 50,000 interviews. I'm not tweeting. I'm not Instagramming. And when people ask them why there was an interview with Killian Murphy and they're like, why aren't you on social media? For those of you who don't know Killian Murphy, awesome actor, Peaky Blinders, a million other things. He goes, cause my life's not interesting. 
I don't, what would I even talk about? And they're like, your life's not interesting. Come on. And then he was like, well, if I tell people my life's really, really boring, they tend not to bother me. <laughs> so he was like, I'm like, this guy's a genius, right? This, that's how it should be. Um, because I, I get it. Like there's good people out there who will stick up for bad celebrities. Um, unless it's something, you know, really bad, like I'm saying, because they're just so annoyed with, they're like, dude, these musicians and actors and comedians, this is supposed to be our escape from the daily grind. And now every time I enjoy one, I have to cross my fingers that they're not secretly um, strangling homeless people on the side. You know, it's, that's a good, actually, if someone is strangling homeless people on the side, stop being a fan of them. That's, if you take anything away from this episode of the Joe Kilgallen podcast, it's stop supporting people who strangle homeless people. Okay. Enough. Be better. All right. You guys were a lot of fun today. Thank you for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. I've never ended the podcast by saying you guys were a lot of fun today. It's a one-sided conversation. I don't know if you guys were fun today. You guys could be listening to this while you're constipated. And if you are, know this. I believe in you. All right. That's been the Joe Kilgallen podcast. I love you guys so much. Thanks for the support. And as always, cheers.